You're listening to KXOB, Ocean Beach, where Constancy is the spice of life. Welcome to Beach Cop Detectives, a Terrier's podcast. Episode 15, Behind the Scenes. I'm Randy Lander of the TV Dudes. With me here today is Grant Davis, also of the TV Dudes. Howdy! And Nate Bliss from Marvel TV Binge. Hello! And this is the probably final episode of Beach Cop Detectives. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't want to do any more work. (laughs) This is our our behind the scenes. We're going to talk about process. We're going to talk about how the show came about, how the art was done, some of the uh, behind the scenes technical difficulties we had, and some further thoughts and maybe some corrections that we got as we went along, as well as uh, letting people know that we're going to be doing more. And more interviews and that kind of thing possibly in the future. Make sure you keep your feet open and maybe promote some other stuff that we do. Yeah, yeah. Things might trickle in. Yeah. This is getting kind of meta in a way. It is. This, it, is, the- this is the analysis of the show that's analyzing another... Sh- analyzing? Jeez. <laughs> well, I'm not going to edit that out. So, yeah. Analyzing another show. This is Beach Cop Detectives Podcast, the podcast. Yep. <laughs> and I believe it was uh, on, our, on our episode that Les Weiler mentioned that we should do Alan Zumwalt's TV, the book, the podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I still think it's a fantastic idea. I believe that we should, and then Hollywood should option it, and it should be TV, the book, the podcast, the, the movie. movie. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> We're going to inception this thing. <laughs> it's too many layers. All right. I want to talk about the origin of this show. Yeah. Because originally, it was not called Beach Cop Detectives. No. It was called... Randy's crazy ass idea to do a Terriers podcast. (laughs) Yes, Randy. How did you come up with this idea? Okay, so I was a fan of Terriers going way back. And I talked about it on TV Dudes over and over again. I heard it once or twice. (laughs) You heard me mention it. And I knew that Terriers was doing a five-year reunion at ATX Fest in June of 2016. And so I knew that they were going to be here. And usually when ATX Fest rolls around, we've been there every year as TV Dudes. And I've done interviews. And I thought... Okay, well, if Donald Logue and Michael Raymond James and Ted Griffin and Sean Ryan and all these other people are going to be in the same place, I've got to interview as many of them as I can. And then I started thinking, well, if I'm interviewing them, maybe I can get to where I can talk to them about maybe helping me put together a show like what was happening with West Wing Weekly, where they had the heavy involvement from cast and crew, and Mr. Roboto that Mike Moody was doing, and... I thought, oh, a single show podcast about terrors. This makes sense. It never occurred to me before. But yeah, this this is something I could do. They had obviously a huge audience. Yes. I got them a season two. Yep. And why not capitalize on that? <laughs> I, I wanted to capitalize on the gigantic audience of Terriers. Yes. <laughs> it's t- let's do a, a really niche podcast about a really niche show I am six s- years ago. I That is 100% where I came down to, yes. And uh, I love it. Yeah. Well, it's because, I, I mean, this is not a show that we did for the money, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show we did for the debt, Randy. <laughs> It's a it's a show done purely. It was it was a passion project. And I called it a passion project repeatedly, and yeah, that we put we put a lot of work and love into this show, and it was all about how much I love terriers and I wanted to do something with it. And so when I did ATX Fest, I got my interview with Ted Griffin and Sean Ryan, and it was funny because it almost didn't come together because they were both off doing panels and other stuff. And so I had to sort of call them. I went to the West Wing panel and was waiting on a call for them to come to the place to interview. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure it was going to come off. 
And I was like, I was near heartbroken. I was like, man, if I this does, don't get to talk to these guys, I'm going to be really heartbroken. But I did. I got called back almost immediately and went back down there and talked to, to Ted and to Sean and had a great interview. And you can hear that on the TV Dude site. But more than that, when I sort of pitched them that I was going to be doing this possible podcast and asked Ted, like, hey, you know, if, if I do this, do you think you'd maybe help me get in touch with people for interviews? My assumption was, was that he would say, oh, yeah, sure, let's do that. Let's uh, let's keep in touch. Spray you with mace. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, no, because no, then you never know what it, might, what it might trigger in a crazy fan. I assumed <laughs> that I would never hear from Ted Griffin again. Yeah. yeah. And Safe so I didn't get his address. I, got, I gave him my email address and said, yeah, uh, if you can drop me a line after the show is over, that would be great. And I was going to go forward with Beach Hop Detectives regardless, which wasn't called again at that point. It was just the Terriers podcast. And I said, you know, that'd be great. Get in touch with me. I honestly half expected to never hear from Ted Griffin again. But instead, I heard from him almost immediately. He got back with me. And Ted Griffin has been relentlessly helpful. Like, I kept thinking everything I asked, he was going to be like, uh, no. And I kept waiting for the stop returning my emails and treat me like the crazy fan that I am. Uh, <laughs> but instead of that happening, I said, hey, can I send you an email that's sort of a request for interviews and you send it out to your contact list? Like, I, you know, I'm not going to ask him for, can I get Donald Logue's email? It was, <laughs> you, you know all these people. Can you drop them a line? And say, you know, here's this email from this guy who's putting this podcast together. And I got immediately responses from Tim Minear was with first email back before I even Ooh. sent the email out. Ted, Ted had <laughs> Tim Minear got in t- contact with you before he even decided you wanted to do a podcast. No, t- <laughs> that's, that's right. Yes. Uh, Tim Minear is a time traveler. <laughs> no, uh, Ted, Ted had reached out and just had mentioned to people that it was going to happen. And then before I'd written the formal email, Tim Minear had gotten in touch with me. And then I sent wow. it out and we got a lot of good responses and more as it went along. And I was, you know, super pleased to have not just Sean Ryan and Ted Griffin, but also Tim Minear and then Donald Logue. And then eventually we got Michael Raymond James through Twitter. And we're working on Kimberly Quinn right at the moment. Yay. Mm-hmm. So that is probably going to be one of the later interviews. And so we have all this, and we got to talk to Rob Duncan and all this kind of thing. But all of this came about. And so I reached out on Facebook, which is my main social media, uh, as Grant knows, since he runs the Twitter for the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that... I posted, hey, who likes Terriers? And I got a bunch of responses from my friends who were, a lot of my friends are podcasters or people who have who've done podcasts or voice work or that kind of thing. So I knew that we'd all be pretty good on mic. And I started a message and saying, hey, I'm going to do this show. Would you guys like to co-host? And my initial thought was, I'll have 13 episodes and I'll have four or five co-hosts and we'll each do two or three episodes. Sure. And then I quickly realized that I had like 10 co-hosts, at which point I was like, okay, I can do 13 episodes. I can find extra co-hosts. And so by the end, I reached out to my friend Alan Sepinwall, figuring, first of all, he's going to say, yeah, that's great. We're internet friends, but I'm not going to do this. But instead, he <laughs> came on board to do the final episode, which was really great. And then a couple of cartoonists that I know who are big fans of the show and friends that I've known through comics came and said, hey, if you still have room on an episode, I would love to do this. And so that's how we wound up with Tom Feaster and Dean Tripp. And that was just serendipity. It all worked out together. You even had me in a flex position. I had you in a flex position. Just in case. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I got bumped. Thanks, Dean Tripp. (laughs) No. You you didn't get bumped. (laughs) I'm kidding. You got put to the prime finale. You're the closer. That's right. You're the closer, Grant. I am. I'm Kira Sedgwick. Yes, you're Kira Sedgwick. I've always said that about you. (laughs) I I keep telling you to stop it. (laughs) 
at any rate, one of the things I thought was really interesting about this show as it went on was that having a different co-host on every episode had a really different energy. Yeah. Like every episode, a different energy. Like the one that Nate and I did, mm-hmm. Nate had that great last seven minutes bit, oh, yeah. which was so good. And nobody else did anything like that. That was so good. Wow. And then Mike Moody, who does a very different, very, very polished uh, show in, in Mr. Roboto, then our sort of more anarchic approach in TV dudes. Anarchic, is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he brought a different energy. And then, say, Ashley Moreno and Jason Murphy came out with me, and I joke around and have a, have a sort of a sense of humor. Both those guys, it's very different. And so it had a lighter, uh, goofier tone to it. Tom Feaster was like diving into Tom, like Tom, yeah. my news. <laughs> like, Tom, it was, it was Tom Feaster is uh, he gets nicknamed the professor. Like <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought my notes were exhaustive. A man, Tom schooled me, and that was great. <laughs> and then Dean Tripp had had a different you know different viewpoint on things and brought in a different viewpoint that I thought. Alan Sepinwall, of course, had a long history with the show longer does, than does mine. He, Sepinwall, I got the impression he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Does he know TV? He doesn't really know <laughs> a lot about TV. I mean, he's written a couple of books. But, yeah, we're yeah. Get podcasts after the minute. <laughs> yeah. TV, the book, the podcast, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I had my, you know, my friend Jeff Jones, who watches a ton of TV, who mm-hmm. doesn't professionally podcast, but who knows a lot and thinks a lot about TV. And then my buddy Cliff Coates, who's an author and who came at it from a, uh, uh, he, he kicked it, things off too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Dave Lamplug, who's an artist and a guy who really knows noir, like more more so than he I do. Really knows noir, and he brought in a, a perspective on that that I thought was, so. So having all these different co-hosts was and really Clyde interesting. from uh, Pilot Watching Podcast. Yes, they, they had a great little uh, dynamic between them uh, with their insight and the little little tag team thing going yeah. on. It was fantastic. Yeah, and then there was also David Satello from ATX Fest, who, by the way, he's the one who brought them to ATX Fest and started this whole thing. Very cool. I mean, at least he was heavily involved in bringing them. And it's, it's a whole group over there, but he was great and brought a. We can give him credit. It's cool. And he he brought a, he brought a different perspective too. Yeah. He, you know, he's a guy who's worked with more of these people and that kind of thing. And then, of course, our own Les Weiler from TV Dudes. Oh, he was on one. Yeah, he was on one too. I don't remember that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but all those different energies, and I and I really think when we do season two of Beach Cop Detectives, we'll get thirteen more co-hosts, and I think that'll really change everything up. <laughs> Grant's laughing, but he's also crying. Yeah, what's this liquid coming out of my eyes? <laughs> because Grant did so much work on this podcast. Did I? You did. But before we talk it's about so your contribution, much. yeah, well, nah. let's talk about Nate's contribution. Because when did the art thing happen? Because that almost happened around me. Well, it's not an unusual thing for a podcast to have artwork for every episode. I mean, you guys do it on TV, dudes. You know, Grant, you have these awesome little, like, you know, banners that have, like, uh, sometimes it's a silhouette or, like, a montage of various things, you know, depending on what the theme is for the episode. Yeah, I I cut and paste some stuff together. I steal other people's images. (laughs) Well, uh, but so it's not an unusual thing, but, uh, I mean... About a year or so ago, I got hooked on this Radiotopia podcast called mm-hmm. Criminal. Oh, yeah. It's Criminal. It's great, great, great. Mo- it's, like, it's a monthly podcast, and it, it, it basically goes into either odd crime stories or cold cases and stuff. But if you go to the website, which is thisiscriminal.com, you're met with this grid of really interesting little black and white illustrations. And it's like a perfect summarization of what the story is about that particular episode. There are all these great illustrations by Julian Alexander. And this really struck me when Mike Moody started the Mr. Roboto podcast. I was like, dude, okay, I want to do some artwork for this. And he was doing this in between seasons one and two of Mr. Robot. So there's plenty of time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) 
There's plenty of time there. So I did these these full-blown illustrations of characters from Mr. Roboto, you know, black and white and, you know, full color. I went with this, like, whole playing card motif. And then when I was done with that, I was like, okay, if we do season two, I'm just going to do black and white little sketches that are just a couple inches tall and a couple inches wide. That's all I'm going to do. But it was around the time when Mike was prepping for Mr. Roboto season two. Mm -hmm. And when I realized if I do Mr. Robot season two, I'm going to have to get these done in, like, a day. Because the episode airs, and then they record the day after, and then Mike gets that podcast up on the weekend. So I got to cut through and just get that stuff done quickly. But it was around that time when you at ATX Fest basically said, guys, I think I'm going to do a Terriers podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all sitting there. We all get, like met at Frank, and we had like right. uh, we, we met all sorts of like awesome like local podcasters. You know, yeah. I think it was the first time any of us met Key and Clyde. It you was. Know, they came out, and I was like. I think there's big money in this. <laughs> <laughs> what a scam. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the way I remember it is that uh, you said we're going to do a Terriers podcast. And I was like, I want episode three. <laughs> and I'm going to do artwork for you. I don't remember asking your permission. And I don't remember asking, maybe this would work. Maybe really cool. if you have... I was like... I'm doing artwork for you. I'm so glad because <laughs> I felt increasingly guilty as all this art came in. And I'm like, nope, he volunteered for this. That's right. That's right. That's right. He brought this on if, himself. If I, if I, I brought asked. some of it on myself, I'll, I'll say. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the idea. Give a mouse a cookie, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and Grant's going to take advantage of you. Uh, it started off where I, I've been drawing uh, very frequently because, you know, I hold on a day job and it's not always easy to kind of, you know, get artwork done but i've been carrying these field notes sketchbooks in my pocket and uh i did this with mr roboto there's one for season one there's one for season two and i was like well i'll start one for terriers and i'll just dedicate three to four pages for each individual episode of the tv show and i would just pick iconic moments or uh things that would boil things down to the like a perfect moment like like with the criminal podcast mm-hmm. and i uh, and then i scanned them all in and it was uh because you had done this but randy you'd started doing this where you were just banking episodes you would just get like five or six you know in you know even before you started releasing them yeah like how, how many episodes did you have in the bank before we had was, or, or actually maybe that's a question for grant because you were editing these, you were right? the one releasing do you remember was it six i think you had about six recorded yeah i think we were about six recorded and and we were starting to edit them together because i remember we had such a big cushion not necessarily mm-hmm. in the correct order too and it's, <laughs> no i no, i remember that was one of the big mistakes i made it's like oh, i'll just i'll get all the people i'll ask them what episode they want to do and then i'll find out where we can schedule it and we'll just work on them whatever order and i think i did <laughs> it one, needs to be linear i think <laughs> i think i did one or maybe two out of order and then i realized no, because then I got to be referring to conversations that never happened. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it just, and so I did like one or two out of order and I'm like, never again. Everybody I've got scheduled, I'm switching up your episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just got all these scanned in and I emailed them to the two of y'all and thinking, all right, so I guess Grant will just pick whichever one is best and pop it up there. <laughs> yeah. Grant. <laughs> Grant took this upon himself. Well, I initially had this plan of like, hey, I'll help you out with this. I will take the podcast and I'll I'll do like another little edit for you. And I, I can help because you, you haven't set up a podcast before. Nope. I've set up a couple different ones because I've, I've been doing a couple different podcasts for a while. And I was going to just like set it up and like, you know, show you how to kind of load them or I was just kind of load them up for you. No big deal. And then it got to a point where I was like. Someone said, you're not going to make a website? I think it was by my wife. You're not going to make a website for me? <laughs> oh. I was like, I should totally make a website. It's funny because 
my thought was this was going to be an add-on to the TV dudes. And yeah, because like, initially just, we were just going to have it as this little thing on the site. Yeah, and I remember specifically you said, just so you know, I'm going to edit the shit out of this, not like we do with TV dudes, <laughs> so that it could be like polished and professional. And by the way, totally worth it because I have so many people complimenting me on how professional the sound of the podcast was. But my initial thought was, yeah, I'll do a podcast. I'll do some interviews. We'll throw it up on alternate days instead of TV dudes, and that'll be it. And then uh, I figured I'd be doing the lion's share of the work. But instead, what I did was a lion's share of the production end. Like I, I, I grabbed all the content and then all the massaging it into a shape where you could actually release it to people was done by you two. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it ended up, uh, you know, I, I started setting up that website and then I I realized there was a bit of a color palette I was kind of working with with the just the graphic elements. Yeah. And once I got your artwork and it was all black and white, I was like, I kind of want a color. Uh, but I didn't want to step on your toes. So I, I asked and you're like, oh, yeah. please do. Which yeah. I hope that was sincere. No, it totally was. It totally I was. Did. <laughs> I went ahead and colored it. Because the, the way I kind of responded to that was like, he's volunteering to color. He's volunteering to color. <laughs> it, it takes me forever to color. So yeah. I was definitely super relieved. You know, I, I actually, that's my favorite part of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Was getting to color because I actually haven't done coloring before for anything really. I mean... I I'm much more on the graphic design side and color theory. I'm not. It's not necessarily my strong suit. Uh huh. So it it was much more of kind of learning as I go, like doing color blocking, figuring out how to uh, shade certain things. So it was a lot more uh, experimentation for me, which I really enjoyed. Although I I feel like there's there's some of your artwork I did a, a serious disservice to in, in <laughs> poorly coloring. So my apologies there, but. It, it was a really fun process. You pointed me in the direction of this one comic series, Hawaiian Dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which had fantastic colors. Beautiful. And it's it, another, it's it's a good recommendation for listeners out there. It's another tropical, well, not tropical. Yeah, no, it tro- is, it's totally called tropical. tropical noir. Yeah, yeah, totally tropical. 50s Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's great noir. It has a, has a feel of terriers, yep. you know? Kind of goes to a, a supernatural kind of place. It deals yeah. with like Hawaiian mythos and stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, and it was, uh, so that was the, the main color palette that, yeah uh, I, I would just grab pages from that i would use that as reference and uh yeah yeah it was it was a very fun process what i noticed was funny though it started off where you had you had three images per episode which i was like well i only really need one for for this thing yeah but i ended up calling the first three for the first episode because we had an intro episode that we did we had That's episode right. one and we had a we had some other posts that i needed the artwork for so i ended up using all three in just different elements for it mm-hmm. i was like okay every but, part of the buffalo yeah but <laughs> but then it it moved from three to four pieces of art that you'd make and i was like well i kind and of the reason for that, coloring everything <laughs> the, yeah. the reason for that actually is because as i was drawing this uh, i was used to how uh, I, was, I was doing the artwork for mr roboto where it's kind of there's no room for mistakes you go in you lay down some pencils you, you sling some ink on it and you just pray and you just hope it works because that's kind of it. That's the kind of time frame you have to kind of put in the, this art together. Yeah. And, and actually for the first episode, as you, as you guys saw when you were looking through the book uh, before we started recording, I did a picture of Winston from memory. Oh, yeah. And then when it's I cute finally... Picture. It's a cute picture. But it's not a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> like like a vet would look at that and be like, what the... F- 
what the heck? What the heck am I looking at? What here? is this beast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to scan so, that now. I'm gonna use this for the artwork for this. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But as I was looking through it, I was like, "Well, I can't use that one." And actually, there was another one for a later episode for for um, I think it was Fuster Cluck. Uh, the car crash. The car crash. Because because when I when I did I that, I can't believe you didn't like that one. That's such w- a fantastic. W- well, when one. I did that when I did that one, I hadn't really done any of the characters. Or Linda's getting hit by a car. Rather. Yeah, yeah. It, it showed that the hit and run scene where yeah. where, where uh, just after Linda's gets hit by the uh, that poor terrified driver. Yes. Uh, but when I drew that scene, it was the first of all the drawings where. The characters were clearly drawn in, in kind of like a cartoony kind of face. Like Britt had a big kind of like like cartoony dot kind of eye, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Hank was drawn in like like I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, it, it just didn't click. It was like everything the stylistic just departure. Stylistically, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was very stylistically different from everything else that was put up there. And and I just kind of self vetoed that one. But then like later on, I think because I I didn't have enough artwork ready. In the moment, well, like, well, I'll scan this one and send it along to those guys to kind of <laughs> maybe maybe thing. And then you guys were like, "That's amazing! We have to use that one. We have to totally use that one." And I'm like, "Oh, oh. yeah, All I really right. enjoyed that one." Sweet. Yeah, I also noticed though that like it seemed like the artwork started off a little bit simpler. There weren't a lot of details in mm-hmm. things. Like you have a little beach house, and then there's some mountains in the background. Yeah, it's, 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 it's simple color blocking. Yeah, and then as you went along, it was in. <laughs> It was episode three where I first my, my jaw dropped because you did this one where Hank's washing his eyes out in the fountain after you got yeah, based. I love it. And I looked at the, the detail you put in there. I was like, "You son of a bitch! <laughs> you, what did I volunteer for?" That's, well, that's one of the scenes actually because I've actually been to that fountain. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in San Diego. Watching that show that's another one of the reasons why episode three is one of my favorites. Is like I was seeing all sorts of stuff in that thing where it's like I've been there. I've been there too. I've been at that fountain. I had coffee by that fountain. They had coffee in this episode. You know, uh, it was I just, drink coffee. <laughs> they drink coffee. They're just so, like me. So that was like one of the first ones, and also it was one of my favorite episodes. So I was like, all right, I really want this one to look really good. I want to give it a good sense of place. I want to, and so yeah, it was a little crazy yeah. detail wise <laughs> I, 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 I yelled at you at one point I'm like damn yeah. it Nate these are really good stop it yeah. <laughs> well, there's also at one point where uh, the, the reason why some of them are simple is because these field notes books that proportionally that they're the size of a, of a book yeah. and I was using it like a sketchbook I was kind of drawing like just coming coming at it from a, an, an artist standpoint where I'm just drawing in a sketchbook and I was using it vertically mostly and then we uh, asked you to do portraits. <laughs> you asked me to do. Uh, well, I was drawing it portrait style, but then you asked me to start doing landscape because those work better. Oh, those fit better for the title cards that you make. Yeah, I just meant uh, like also portraits of everyone who was a guest. Well, on the show. That, that's that's a little bit later. <laughs> you started asking me to do to do things more horizontally because it's easier to to use for title cards. And so when I started drawing horizontally, that means oh, there I can fit more stuff in here. Mm-hmm. There's a. Le- in fact, one of my favorite pieces is one that you colored brilliantly, and it was it both involved Hank washing something. <laughs> away from him there's one where he gets maced and he's washing it out of the eyes from episode three. Oh, the gas station the gas station you know from from ringing ding ding yeah uh, that was a fun one that was that also very complex it's very complex it was because there was like this painted mural in the background yeah, there, there's, there's a mural the within the, there's a picture within the picture yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you killed it on that one dude that one that coloring was fucking fantastic thanks it, like i said it was a lot of fun and uh it, it was an honor to get to color your work and I it was an honor to see your that. color work on my stuff man. you're it the was, best was, no you're, you're the, the best, best best all right that's enough of that <laughs> i don't think this show would have been the same for me I, I had this vision in my head of i was gonna do a show that was gonna be me and some friends talking about terriers and it was gonna be fun and light and we'd have it on tv dudes and 
I'd maybe get to interview Ted Griffin, and maybe if I was super lucky, uh, Donald Logan, Michael Raymond James would talk to me. I mean, that was <laughs> pure pie in the sky, yeah. though. The idea yeah. that you'd have anyone from the industry yeah. related to this. That's what I thought I was going to have. And instead, what I got is this beautiful website with all the stunning artwork that had all these people. I talked to all, a lot of the writers and the actors and editors and production people, and they all got what I was doing and not just that love what we were doing. I've had so many people say so many nice things about what we did. And the, the version of the show that we finally produced from the actual episodes all the way down to the art and the website is so much better than anything I could have imagined. And that is not common when you're doing a project. It is so much a tribute to Terriers because that's what Terriers is. It was all the right ingredients at all the right place. And it made something magical. And I feel like beach cops lived up to that. And I'm so pleased by that. Scrappy little underdogs like us coming (laughs) together and uh, throwing together a very fun project. Yeah. But (laughs) there were some bumps along the way. Oh yeah. Maybe one or two. So the first interview I did, was with Sean Ryan. Yeah. And Grant and I did extensive mic tests. He came over here. We checked Skype. We made sure Skype worked. We had crazy things where like, you had to go out of the office and check because we wanted to make sure the sound was right. Calling you from different places. I, yeah, yeah calling me from different Called from home to make sure. I downloaded an MP3 recorder that seemed to be doing fine. We did some tests. Everything was good. And then I did the interview with Sean Ryan, and my MP3 recorder lost all of it. Oh, my. So I had to go through a whole process of finding another recorder, figuring out what went wrong, which it took me a long time to figure out what went wrong. Do you think it was the video? I think it was the video. Triggering video during uh, an audio Skype call? I think that's... Delete a file. No, just on that recorder. And there was stuff where we had... We had some stuff with echoes. We had some that we had to sort of really massage and editing. And I said, there were a couple where I was like, can you please just re record this? And you're like, no, I really can't. And I was like, come on. Yeah. There were definitely some times where you're like, you need to call and redo this interview. And I'm like, I'm not redoing this. I think, uh, yeah. Apologies to Dave Caldor's interview because that one in particular, I was like, oh, the the quality, I I don't know how to like massage this all right. But, So we had to put a disclaimer in there. But I, I think for the most part, it, it turned out really good. Cause, yeah, because the, the discussion was was great, and you don't, you don't want to lose that. And your Sean Ryan interview is fantastic, but having to go over a, another interview and kind of repeat the same discussion, we've done this on our podcast quite yeah. a few times. You lose something in the, the spontaneity of the first take. Yeah. Well, I was nervous about interviews for a while there, and then, then everything locked in, and I didn't have to worry about losing them, which was nice. Yeah. But I, I'm glad that I lost the one interview. I'm sad that it was with Sean Ryan. And I'm sad that it was a really good interview. Like, the one we got was really good. But the one I had before was also really good. He told so many juicy secrets in that first one. <laughs> <laughs> Where all uh, the bodies are buried. And I, I did want to mention, though, Grant, that uh, the amount of work you put into this show, the editing. Like, you should talk about the amount of editing that went into this show. It was it was a fair amount. Yeah, it was uh, staying up later than I should because I'm dumb. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, once I kind of at least made a, a template for uh, you know the structure, at least I knew how to plug that in, and then cleaning up the audio tracks for both you and the other people on there, and cutting out any ums and uhs. Not any, all of them, but, but there just were trying, a lot. trying to <laughs> trying to make it stream a little bit better. I, I I think it just makes it a lot easier for the listening audience. 
it's going to be a pain because of how many uhs and ums and stutters I personally do <laughs> when I have to edit this episode. Uh, They're so hard to avoid. Yeah. But I'm going to sound beautiful by the end of this. <laughs> it's like, man, that guy's so silky smooth. Just because I'm going to obsess over it. Because we started with like a six, we started with a window of like six weeks. Like we were editing episode one and we were putting all these episodes together and we didn't release episode one until we were still working on like episode three or four. Yeah, I had a, I had a good stockpile of like yeah. five or six of them like already good to go in the can. And I was a couple weeks ahead. Like I was doing my passes on each uh, episode where I'd, <laughs> I'd do my edit and then I'd add in the sound clips from the episodes and then I'd pass along to you and you do your edit. For and, the then, and then it quickly came to, look, oh no, we got to edit this like the night of. <laughs> yes. Randy, I need your write up for this. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah I, think it, I think it was in late September, or early October where I sent a frantic email to you guys where it's like, okay, guys, I'm going to have artwork maybe by Thursday, but I have a thing I got to do. And then it's like, then you guys wrote back where it's like, Hey, we're okay. We're good. Yeah. You can take your time with it. It's no like problem. no man. Because uh, and then later I'm like, as an hey, artist, Nate, I, where's this? Where's this artwork? Well, You're like, shit. Well, uh, the <laughs> thing is, it's like, like I, I didn't want to give myself any, you know, any. I didn't want to go easy on myself. I wanted to kind of keep on it, you know, yeah. keep this train going. Because as an artist, sometimes you hit like a bout of like artist block or something like that, or or the day job takes up too much of your energy and stuff, and you wind up. Just full stop, you yeah. know, which can suck. And I didn't want that to happen, but it still did happen. <laughs> Even though I kind of, I, I think I was able to keep things on, on track and keep things on pace. It, just as long as I can get these episode arts done. And then I get an email from Grant <laughs> saying, uh, hey, uh, so yeah, we're also going to be doing a bunch of interviews. Uh, I was wondering, <laughs> I was wondering. And the thing is, to be totally fair, you did give me an out. In that email, you said, I realize it's a lot of work, Nate. You don't have to draw these if you don't have the time to do it or whatever. And I thought very hard about whether I That's should answer so that funny. question or not. Or I was like, like, I talked to Randy about it before I asked you. Yeah. And Randy goes, I'm not going to ask him that. He's already doing so much. <laughs> I said, I'll do it. <laughs> but, but to be fair, you totally gave me the out. In the, in the email, you basically said, look, if it's too much work, you don't have to do it. You're already doing so much. But it, but they would be good, and I, and I really thought long and hard about that, and I was like, this is going to be so much work, and it's drawing likenesses of people, which yeah. is hard. Yeah. With the episode pictures, I could get away with doing yeah. like a close up of of them holding a photograph or like a right. or the car or something like that. But but this you're, getting, one, you're getting paid an exposure, Nate. I don't see what the problem is here. People die of exposure, Grant. <laughs> Hey, this is a good time to say there's a store now for uh, Beach Cop. There Inventive. totally is. You can buy all of the art, some of the artwork. Because some of the artwork. By the way, that is by popular demand. Like a lot of people were asking us, where can I get this art? Yes, many people have asked me on Twitter. Maybe many people have asked me on Facebook. Society6.com slash N8Bliss. Yes. And there's links on BeachCopDetectives.com. You can yep. see that. I do want to mention, I'm so glad you did all those profiles, though, because people were so happy. Like everybody Most of them loved were. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What was it like? Sean Ryan's like, I don't look, I don't like, look that. like that. I don't and think I was like, looks like, dude, you look exactly like. <laughs> but I, I love think you, Sean Ryan. The, the result, the resulting, we love you. The resulting profiles, though, I think every it was it was so much fun, and I'm so glad they exist. And the other thing I want to say, guys, by the way, we never blew a deadline. We came close, but I don't think we ever Ooh. blew a deadline. Ooh. Like every episode, when we moved some interviews around. In this last few weeks, we, we had a consistency of 
interviews on Mondays and then episodes on Thursdays. And as the schedule worked out for us recording this episode that you're listening to right now in episode 14, which was a few days ago as of the release, we switched things up in order to double up a couple releases of interviews. Yeah. But it was a little bit more of a formula change rather than uh, we've always had something on Monday and something on Thursday. Yeah. We, we, We made a deliberate change at the end because we want the last thing to be the exit interview with Ted Griffin, which by the way, there's going to be an exit interview with Ted Griffin. Yay! Which they should expect. We, we said part one. Yeah. <laughs> On the first part. That's true. Yeah. So what did you find was the biggest struggle in this whole thing? The, the biggest struggle was probably scheduling. I own a business and I have kids and I'm not exactly antisocial. So my schedule is already a little crazy. And mixing in that with people who are working in Hollywood schedule meant that finding time to do these interviews was very much a project. Like I, I, my Google calendar looked crazy by the end of all this. <laughs> the other thing that, that it really got me was the preparation, not just making sure I had enough questions for interviews and that kind of thing, but also making sure that I had done my notes, that I watched the episode, that I that I was ready to sort of shepherd an episode. That you make sure that Sean Ryan episode is actually going to record, and that makes sure it records. <laughs> yes, I like interviewing. I like talking to people, but it is not a natural habit for me. Well, it's a little bit different than just being conversational. If, right. If you have pointed questions that you want them to elaborate on. Sure. Well, it's not like I'm not doing hard hitting journalism either. I mean, I'm just asking people about something that they will love talking about. So it's not, it's not the same as doing a, uh, you know, a piece where I'm talking to somebody in politics, something like that, mm-hmm. but it is nerve wracking and there is sort of some nervousness that goes into it. And I want to make sure that I don't come off as some goofball who doesn't know what he's doing. I put a lot of work into the questions and that kind of thing. And then I'd be nervous until I got to the interview and it felt like one of those things like, Oh, I gotta, I just can't wait till this is done. And then I enjoyed the, th- the actual doing of the interview. So all your interviews sounded sharp, man. I was very happy uh, with how yeah. they turned out, and and people were so giving with their time, and that was really that was really good. Yeah, that's um, pretty amazing. There are a few further thoughts and corrections we should make. Oh, corrections going in. How so, very NPR of us. Yes, one, I wanted to mention Dave Caldor, the editor who we talked to, who had the echoey interview, which is all our fault, by the way. Sorry yeah. about that, Dave. Uh, he did write back and mentioned that as he was halfway through the Change Partners episode that he was pretty sure that Fief Sutton was the only writer credited on it. That IMDb put, like, John Worley, I think Angela Kang was on some of the ones that she was. So a lot of the... Le- Leslie Hedlund Leslie and John, Hedlund. John Worley are pretty much credited, like, throughout. Yeah. As, as like, just on-hand staff writers as well. On IMDb. On IMDb. But uh, not on the episodes. And it wasn't until later in the run that I realized I needed to use the credits in the episode as I was watching that IMDb is not 100% accurate. No. So I definitely have some credits where, like, I over-credited someone... Hopefully there's no nowhere where I undercredited anyone, but I definitely overcredited some people that were like they were in the writers room, but they weren't specifically like writers guild credit on the episode. Oh no, you got extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I don't want to be dismissive of that. But at any rate, I did learn that lesson, so that came up. And then Michael Raymond James wrote and mentioned that he shot the first season of True Blood. And the second season of True Blood had actually aired before they finished shooting Terriers. Oh, that's interesting. And I was out of order because I thought he did True Blood after. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he said during Terriers, he went up to shoot a little one day cameo on season three and made one more appearance on season four, uh, mainly just as a way to see old friends and the relationship to HBO. But by the time he was shooting Terriers, that was, he was already a, a True Blood alum, which I got wrong. He also wanted to mention something about the ATX Terriers panel. I thought this was a little interesting tidbit. He mentioned that 
The reason he couldn't end up coming for the appearance and had to Skype in was that he was doing a play at the Berkshire Theater Festival and mm. he couldn't fit the turnaround travel time of the rehearsal schedule. The play, though, was Cat on Hot Tin Roof and he was playing the role of Brick Pullet. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. So that was just kind of funny. Dave Calder had some interesting things to mention. He said that Angela Kang was awesome that she is now a big shot on Walking Dead. And Adam Arkin, who directed Pimp Daddy and Quid Pro Quo, was also just super cool. That Adam's been doing amazing work on The Americans and Fargo. And if you compare his directing style to Billy Gerhardt's on Ring a Ding Ding, they're very different, yet they both fit within the show and produce great results. He mentions Billy did this fantastic shot off the rooftop, pointing down the street right after Britt says, I think he jumped, which then booms back up and around to see Hank. And that's a director who makes you look like a good editor. Mm. Arkin, on the other hand, didn't usually get as fancy, but he and Curtis, the DP, gave him these three amazing master shots. This was one of the things the show tried to do. He says he thinks it was Ted's idea. Create these master angles that you want to stay in as long as possible. And Arkin and Pimp Daddy, in the scene where Hank interviews the mall station victim, he keeps the coverage simple, which allows that line... I know the difference between a dream and someone fondling and sucking my penis to smack you right in the face. He says, I've cut a few episodes directed by Arkin and he gets such amazing performances from the actors. I don't know if it's because he's an actor as well, but regardless, he's a super talented director. Also, Kelly Wheeler, who co-wrote Pimp Daddy, yet another super talented person from the show, is so funny and smart. She's now a writer on Elementary and he says she probably has a ton of good Terrier stories. Uh, she did. <laughs> and she did because I was so happy to get to talk to Kelly Wheeler. Not only did she have great Terrier stories... She had a little extra bonus for us. Yeah, she gave us all those blog entries. Oh, yes, absolutely. That, that was awesome, which I, I was just thinking about because you go back and watch those blog entries and just like her, her dynamic, her rapport with all the people that she's interviewing mm-hmm. and all these little YouTube clips was awesome. But it was really fun to get to put up this extra little blog entries from yeah. the original Terriers blog on the, the FX official website, FX site, yeah. which we ganged. I don't know if that's like okay, <laughs> but whatever. We got more or less okayed. We were never told no by anyone in power. Yeah, that's the way to operate. <laughs> Those Kelly Willier posts were incredible. That was just like... That was like a treat for us, I think, because we're we're sitting here putting this stuff together, and it's like, whoa, there's like a lot of content here that we didn't have to make. It, yeah. it was some fun <laughs> behind the scenes stuff, like yeah, you know, and getting to see these videos, which I I didn't know they were up on YouTube, but you know, there's this one where she's interviewing Tim Minear for episode ten, and he's talking about how most every episode was a seven or eight day shoot. That mm-hmm. was the one exception. That was only a six, six day, day shoot. Yeah. And he had to do that in like such, he had to write the script to make it like this short turnaround time. Yeah. It was the sins of the past episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did these tricks with doing time travel within the same set that allowed it to feel like even though you're in the same place for a long time, it, it breaks it into different segments and it yeah. feels it feels like you can stay within these scenes longer. It's one, like, arguably one of the most complex episodes, I think, of yeah, the entire run. It's, I was just like, man, Tim Minear is brilliant. It's <laughs> one of my favorite episodes, and I love that transition technique. Yeah. And it's funny that it was born out of a need. Necessity. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, again, using every part of the buffalo, you have these restrictions, and you use that to excel. That is part and parcel of what Terriers does. I also loved, in your interview with Kelly Wheeler... Like, before you even actually started the interview, just, like, what you guys were saying back and forth was yeah. so funny. I was cracking up. I think I ended up, like, keeping a lot of it and using it. Like, I was like, I'm going to break format for this one because you guys didn't know you were being recorded, but this is just good stuff. That was a great interview. Like, I, I, like her and Donal, I think, had the most enthusiastic 
interviews uh to my memory you know yeah my jaw dropped when i realized like he, he talked to you for like much longer and he's like you're like well i, I don't want to take any more of your time he's like nah let's keep this train rolling <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got more to say i uh don't know if anything is better than me getting to talk to ted griffin who is really a, a guy whose work i love but donald Lug is so close because man get to that interview and he was so nice and so giving of his time and such a great interview yeah that's definitely one of the high points. The high point, though, was when Ted Griffin emailed me and it said and declared me the uh, official curator of Terriers. Oh shit! Uh, because he gave us these videos that Ryan Johnson made from the set. <laughs> yeah, and so Grant got to edit together. Right, so Grant has worked with that with Ryan Johnson, is what we're saying now. Uh, I'm basically the editor on Star Wars, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he put together this, he shot a series of clips, and I didn't really do much editing. I, I, I just pieced it all together <laughs> and put little titles for most of the people. I think there's two people I couldn't identify. But yeah, I, I got to edit that, and I was like, what? I'm editing Ryan Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of geeking out a little bit more than I should. <laughs> that was that was super fun. And that was a, there were all kinds of sort of pleasant, unexpected surprises as we as we went down this road. If and, some and of you guys listening haven't seen any of this stuff, if you go to the website, in the bottom section, there's a section called Extras. And that's where we put all these blog posts that we were able to get from Kelly Wheeler. Like, I even went into, like, our, the, uh, the Internet Archive to find some of the old posts and artwork and, like, kind of... Uh, oh, nice integrate some of that so it has some of the same feel of of that because you know the the site's now defunct yeah but yeah he also has that little i hate ted video that ryan yeah. does <laughs> shot for him. well gentlemen we have come to the stoplight at the end of the road and we're in our beat up blue truck and we have to decide whether we're going to turn left and go to mexico or uh turn right and take brit to jail I guess. Which, which one is uh, putting a period? <laughs> which one's an ellipses here? <laughs> uh, well, no. We're going to do the same thing that the show did. We're going to leave you a sort of ambiguous ending because the feed's going to stay open. I have at least one more interview to do uh, mm-hmm. that I have not done yet. And I'm hoping to still reach out to some people. I still would love to talk to some of the other uh, directors, some of the other uh, cast, anyone who was involved. And... Over the time, if, if that happens, we will put those interviews together and they will come out on the feed. So keep us in your podcast feeds and maybe every now and then you'll get a nice little uh, Terrier's treat. A Terrier's doggy snack, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, if you want to hear our dulcet tones elsewhere. Are, are they dulcet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can find me and Grant every week along with our co-hosts, uh, Ashley Moreno, Les Weiler, and Kyle Scott at thetvdudes.com yes and we do a weekly podcast about all things tv we talk new tv old tv we tend to be keeping up with new stuff because we're at peak tv but yeah uh, there, there's no time for old tv yeah. <laughs> we have to do it in side projects like beach cop detectives <laughs> uh every every friday you can hear a new episode and they tend to be longer episodes we tend to go hour hour and a half sometimes yeah. so good good chunk of tv uh, talk to get you the week and there's also the marvel tv binge Yes, indeed. You can hear my clumsy stuttering alongside the dulcet tones of Mr. Martin Thomas from Double Toasted and Mike Moody, the head of Permanent Record, talking about our bread and butter. We're going to be covering all the Netflix stuff. And yeah, we love Marvel. As Nate mentioned, we are part of the Permanent Record Podcast Network, which you can find at 
www.permanentrcrd.com. We have a variety of shows in addition to Beach Cop Detectives and TV Marvel Binge. We've got Gilmore, which is a Gilmore Girl podcast. We've got Femme TV, where Melissa Gramonti does these interviews with female showrunners and people involved in TV, and it's a great show. Pilot Watching with Key and Clyde, Mr. Roboto, The TV Dudes, and a whole lot more. So go check us out there. Also, as mentioned before, if you wanted some art of this show, you can visit society6.com slash n8bliss. That's N8 Bliss. Yeah, you got, you got a bunch of uh, prints in different sizes and uh, varieties. So. Yeah. And it's uh, a good price, I think. Pretty good price, yeah. I mean, we're getting ripped off here. I <laughs> keep telling you guys, there's a lot of money in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do we got, Randy? A rabbit terriers fan, an overworked producer, and an artist who doesn't know when to say no. Yep, and we got fun. Beach Cop Detectives is an independently run podcast co-produced by Randy Lander and Grant Davis from the TV Dudes and part of the Permanent Record Network. Music for this series includes the surf music tracks Happy and Whimsical by Paul Tyann. To hear more of his work, go to soundcloud.com slash Paul Tyann. Artwork for the show is by Nate Bliss. You can find him at n8bliss-art.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook at Beach Cop Detectives and on Twitter at Beach Cop Podcast. You can hear weekly TV commentary by Randy and Grant at thetvdudes.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.